Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. We're glad you're here. Uh, if you have a Bible this morning, we're going to be in the book of Matthew, right at the end of Matthew. If you don't know where that is, it's the first book of the New Testament. Um, we're in Matthew 28. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's some on the sides of the tech booth back there. Feel free to go grab one. If you want to grab one, uh, you can borrow it or keep it as you have need. Or if you're a user of the Bible app, feel free to break that out and uh, track along with our live event. You can find it um, and then follow along, okay? Um, we are in this series called Go Live. Now, Tyler cracked a go live joke, and most of you missed it. I can't keep these staff members in line here. So the idea for Go Live is simply this, that you and I are charged with something. Um, and the charge goes something like this, that you and I are by God because we're in, 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 um, indwelt by the Spirit of God. You and I are called to be sent out. Um, we are supposed to go live. Wherever we go, whatever uh, Monday holds, whatever Thursday holds, whatever uh, the ups and downs, wherever we find ourselves, there would be this kind of uh, um, commission that, that reigns over our lives that we get to say, hey, wherever I am going, I will express life. I will go live. That's what I'm going to go do. And so that, that's kind of been the thing. And that's, that's true for every Christian in here, every who's a follower of Jesus in here, we collectively um, as a church have given an expression to it like this, that we would make apprentices to Jesus Christ um, who live. And that's the key here is that we're not simply talking about functioning as a religious organization or something. We, we live, that's what we do. And we live to pursue God, to love well, and to serve the world, those three things. And so um, this series has been about who we are as a church and our kind of DNA and the first strand of that is gospel transformation, that we are changed as we uh, live and as we believe and as we uh, grow in the gospel. It's not something that we kind of have a moment with and then move on from. It's the thing into which we dive deeper and deeper and deeper. And as we do, that changes us from the inside out so that we become the kind of people who normally obey God. That's the kind of transformation that he is at work in us. Secondly, um, how do we go about doing that? Uh, we would be saturated with the scripture. Um, we are stained by it. We look like it, smell like it. Um, we, we are colored by it, so to speak. We are saturated with the scripture. And as I've been saying every week, whenever we get squeezed, what comes out of us? The Bible does. Whenever we get squeezed by life, the Bible comes out of us. Thirdly, uh, we have uh, that, that neighbor, this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago, that neighbor is a verb, it's not a noun. The people who live next to you are your neighbors, but in terms of what, how the Bible talks about it, you and I get to be neighbors. We get to neighbor one another, so to speak. Neighbor's a verb, and neighbor is the thing, uh, is the, the action that we take um, to love well and to, and to um, uh, serve the world. It's how we go about doing that by making neighbors of anybody that we choose to. Uh, last week, we talked about church's family, that um, we're not a collection of families, but instead we are a family as a church because we have a father and he has made us his children by the blood of his son, Jesus. And so um, we then get to relate to one another as family. Not always easy, not always the, uh, uh, the most uh, um, uh, uh, the simplest, uh, less complicated thing to do. In fact, sometimes it's very complicated, but it's worth it because um, it's in this process of living as family that God shapes us as well. And today, um, I'm excited to talk about this last strand of our DNA that you and I as a church, um, we are, what, what God has uh, kind of built into us genetically, so to speak, is that we're we ready to launch. 
Nothing? Nobody? I figured a NASA person or two would be like, yeah, that's a rocket or something. Nothing? Okay, fine. All right, so y'all are still looking at the bulletin going, I can't believe they changed this on us. Isn't that right, Lucy? Yeah, you're like, God, ready to launch. And so um, here's the... The thing on this is when we talk about ready to launch, so many of you are involved in this industry, and so it seemed best and appropriate to, to kind of frame it out this way. Uh, but, but the idea is, is that uh, we set people up so that when God presses the button, they fly like they're supposed to. They go like they're supposed to. They move like they're supposed to. That's the idea. And so um, here in, in Matthew chapter 28, um, uh, we're going to start in verse 16 and just kind of work our way down and, and give you just a, a minute to find it if you haven't already. Uh, but in Matthew 28, this is the last recorded words of Jesus to his followers in the book of Matthew. Now, Luke and Acts uh, record it differently. Mark records it a little bit differently. John records it a little bit differently. But Matthew in particular, this is how he records this moment. Verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Anybody have that moment? Hey, God, I'm carrying in my luggage all of this baggage from my week, and I'm here to worship. Sorry about that. That's all I got. Um, I say that to say if you walked in this room imperfect, guess what? You're in good company. They worship, but some down in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority has been uh, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When we talk about Jesus reigns over everything, do you know where we get that from? Matthew 28, 18, right there. That's, that's kingdom language. That's not, a, that's not a democratic republic moment right there. That's not a parliament. That's the language of the kingdom. All authority, not some authority, not most authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So there's not a place where Jesus doesn't reign. He reigns over how much? All of it, everything. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey or to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, and so really I want to lock in on, on just frankly, the first phrase of verse 19. Um, but to do so, I want to set it up just a touch this way. Um, what's the command in Matthew 28 in this passage? Some people think it's go or baptize or, or uh, teach them. That's not really the truth. Those are all functionally, uh, uh, they kind of fall under the, the actual command, the actual imperative in verse 19 is to make disciples, that we would make apprentices to Jesus, those who, who believe like, those who think like, those who feel like, those who act like, and those who relate like Jesus acts and relates and believes. Whatever we do, we do it unto, the, uh, unto Jesus and as he would do it. That's what it means to be an apprentice. We learn from him how to do life. That's the command. And then the second part is, who is this given to? Um, there's a, there was a group of uh, folks who, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe or so, who said, oh, really, this is just for uh, these 11 people right here. No, 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 no. Jesus wasn't in the business of just creating religious organizations that could dot neighborhoods. He gave this command to the church. He says it was the 11 disciples to whom he spoke this command. And he gave this command functionally to the church so that we would reproduce the life of Jesus and everybody that we came into contact with. So what's the command? Make disciples. 
Who's it given to? The church. That's the deal. And then the rest of it, the kind of, the, the, the parts that follow, uh, go, baptize, teach, all of that uh, uh, is the way, if you will, that we make, uh, uh, that we go about making disciples. And so I really want to, as I said, kind of lock into the first little phrase of, of verse 19 when we're thinking about ready to launch. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples. So um, some of you have been around church long enough and you've heard this before, but people, um, uh, this, this could be translated as you are going. How many have heard that before? Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's true. Now, again, functionally, it takes kind of a command form that that's, that's, that's also true. We'll talk about that in just a second, but as you're going, that's the way. So the idea is, is that as you're going, wherever your feet set, uh, uh, I mean, wherever your feet fall, wherever you step, guess what? This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you're supposed to be doing. So as you go, so the, when we talk about ready to launch, what are we talking about? I, I would say two things. Number one, uh, we launch into Monday. What do you mean by that? Church family, if what we do on Sunday doesn't affect Monday, then what we're doing on Sunday doesn't matter much, does it? What, what, push a little harder. Everything... This has everything to do with your everyday life. Everything. This has everything to do with your everyday life. Jesus isn't, is not in the business of transforming simply a portion of your life or a, a, a set calendar day of your life or whatever. He is not in the business uh, of, of moving and shaping just some little portion or part of your life. He wants to transform how much of your life? All of it. That means that there is not a place in your life where Jesus doesn't want to plant his flag and say, hey, I'm in charge here. Let's begin to do the work that it takes to do that, uh, to, to, to make this a reality. It means uh, that over our, over our uh, relationships and over how we view the other um, the others in our lives and over our work situation and over our health and over the way that we um, interact with our own body, much less anybody else's, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The way that we feel, the way that we think, the way that we relate, all of this. Jesus wants to transform all of it. It has everything to do with your everyday life. I'll say it one more time. If what we're doing on Sunday doesn't affect what happens on Monday, then there's probably something wrong with Sunday. He wants to transform us and has everything to do with everyday life. The second part of that is to follow then when we launch into Monday, that there's no real division between what is sacred and what is secular. Now, there is a division, clearly, between what is sacred and what is sinful. That's, that's, most people, when they think about it, that's how they think, oh, no real division. No, 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 no. There's no real division between sacred and secular. Why is this? Why is this? Because um, if, if I live as if as if there is some sort of division, if there is some sort of separation between what's sacred and secular, you, you know what I'm talking about here. Like Sunday's the Lord's day, but Monday we're talking about business. Um, as if the, as if the um, Christian ethic doesn't flow into how you treat those around. I mean, do you think love your neighbor only applies on days when you gather with the church? Okay, good. Thank you. We're with me. How about this? How about the function of the spiritual gifts that you have? Some of you have mercy gifts, for instance. Do you think that the mercy gift that God has given you only applies when we gather with the church? No. In fact, the people who need the most mercy aren't probably in the room right now. They're out there. So 
There's no real division between sacred and secular. There's no real uh, uh, kind of moment or day or calendar slot where, hey, this is holy, but the rest of this. And people use this kind of um, thinking uh, to uh, justify all the things that they want to do anyway. Oh, well, I mean, that's church stuff, but we're talking about business over here. We're talking about... That's not how Jesus works. To live as if there is some sort of separation or division means uh, functionally that Jesus doesn't care about part of my life. And if Jesus doesn't care about a particular part of my life, how do I have assurance that he cares about the other parts of my life that I want him to care about? What happens when the doctor calls? What happens when the pink slip comes? When that email shows up in my inbox, when that phone rings, whatever it may be, what, how, what kind of assurance do I have that Jesus cares about that? If I think, oh, well, he only cares about this stuff, not that stuff, how do I know that I've got the list right? There's no real division between sacred and secular. And, and, and finally, on this third bullet here, that because we launch into Monday, what we're aiming for is kind of an, is, is an eternal impact in every aspect of your life. An eternal impact in every aspect of your life. There is nothing, listen church, there is nothing that you will encounter this week and nothing that you will do this week that these two things can't be fully said and gladly said. Are you ready? Hey, here I am on Thursday Jesus reigns over this. Can we look back in the text? Verse 18. And Jesus came to, and said to them, all authority except for Thursday's meeting um, in, in heaven and on earth has been given. Is that what it says? No. Whatever you step into, whatever you encounter this week, whatever you do, you can fully and gladly say this. Jesus reigns over this. Over this diagnosis, over this situation, over this relational uh, difficulty, bump in the road, whatever you want to call it, Jesus reigns over this. The second thing that you can fully and gladly say, not only does Jesus reign over this, but also look at the end of verse 20, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So not only does Jesus reign over this, but also Jesus is with me here in the middle of this. Anybody have anything on your calendar this week that you're going to think, oh my gosh, please be with me in the middle of that. And that's just the stuff that you know about. When we talk about launching into Monday, we're talking about having an eternal impact in every aspect of your life, with your marriage, your kids, your work, your health, all the other relationships that you have, all of that stuff. Listen, we want to see Jesus exercise his authority in that life and, pr and prove his presence to you. And whatever you encounter, whatever you choose to do, you can say this, Jesus reigns over this right here and he is with me right in the middle of it. That's good news for us. And church family, as we talk about ready to launch, what we're saying is we want to send you out into the week. We want to send you out into your work. We want to send you out into your uh, marriage and your parenting. We want to send you out into all of the aspects of your, excuse me, of your life. We want to send you into those aspects thinking Jesus is in charge and he's with me in this. A summary statement may go like this, that you would be transformed agents. You were sent out as transformed agents of transformation. 
You carry with you his authority. You carry with you his presence. You carry with you your transformed character. And you carry with you the story of how he has worked in your life, how he has changed you from death to life, how he has changed you from separated to reconciled, how he has changed you from spiritual orphan to spiritual child. You get to carry that story with you. In the middle of all of uh, our working through this and stuff, there was this this particular picture came up, and it really made a profound impact on me. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I've had it in my pocket for a long time to share. Everybody, can you see the map? Do you recognize it at all? The big road running left to right there is 528. Everybody see the circle? That's you. That's that's where we are right now. You see all this stuff on the right side? It's green space. It's all those fields. It's where the cows are. It's where the mysterious water keeps flowing from when it rains. I mean, it just piles out of there. I don't know. And you see all the stuff on the left side? That's, that's where the development has happened. And who sits right on the border between the kind of agriculture and the development? Who does? We do. Who sits right on the border between what is natural, if you will, and what is developed? We do. Who sits right on the border, if you will, between what is life and what is artificial, constructed? We do. I think that's a powerful picture of how we want you to launch into Monday. Because you get to carry life with you. You are on the edge of where life intersects all the other stuff that's in the world. You are on the edge of where life steps into the places where people are are building an existence, but they don't have a life. You're right on the edge of that. We collectively, as a church, are right on the edge of that. And then when you launch into Monday as a transformed agent of transformation, guess what? That's what you get to carry with you. You are the leading edge of where life intersects the world. Genuine life. That's why we go live. That's why we go do this. Some people think, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not so sure about that. I, I don't know what I'm aiming for in that. This is what you're aiming for. You're aiming to carry life into that which is existence only. You're aiming to step into into the world and carry this kind of transformed life with you. That's what, when we talk about being ready to launch and launching into whatever your week looks like, launching into Monday, that's what we're talking about. Anybody, Anybody see the movie The Martian? Come on, raise your hand if you did. Matt Damon colonizes Mars all by himself. Take that, Neil Armstrong. Funny moment, right? At the end, uh, at the end, all of you NASA people can, you know, verify that this is absolutely, positively not true. But at the end, he lances his spacesuit and kind of goes Iron Man on it, you know, like, 
like blowing air out of his spacesuit to get to the, to the ship that's going to catch him, right? If, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, this is what happens at the end. And some of you feel like that's kind of where you are. Like somehow you're kind of spinning out of control, trying to hold on to this, all the while losing resource. And that's what it feels like as you walk into your week. I'm telling you, that's not how Jesus has called you to live. He's he's called you to be a transformed agent of transformation in the world. Some of you think, oh, I'm stepping into my office and it's a minefield. Church family, listen to me. It's not a minefield. Jesus reigns over it and he's present with you in it. It's not a minefield. It's a mission field. Some of you are going to school. Guess what? It's not a minefield. It's a mission field. So we don't have to go hoping that somebody catches us. All the while running out of resource, running out of air. Instead, we get to live differently than that. Okay, got to move ahead here. Um, we don't only launch into Monday, though. We launch into ministry. And that, that, when we talk about as you are going, go, therefore, as you are going, what that, what that does is that assumes that you're actually going. Okay, and, and indeed, as you're a transformed agent of transformation, you're moving out into your week, whatever it looks like. Um, we're launching into ministry. And I want to say this part just as a recognition of kind of who God's made us to be. This DNA runs very deep in us. We, we launch as a family. We launch as a family. When you think about this, we got short-term folks who are going to England. We've been to Bolivia. We've been to Haiti. We've been in North Africa, Turkey. We've been to France. We've been to all sorts of countries uh, in, the, uh, in the nation, excuse me, in the world. We've been to those places. We do stuff locally. We do stuff uh, globally. We launch as a family. We consistently put people on planes or on other vehicles to send them into ministry. We launch into ministry. We launch longer-term folks. There's folks in the room. Uh, who spent 18 months on the field doing God's work uh, in, in, in Brazil and others as well. We launch not only in longer term, but also, we, I don't know if you know this, we launch ministers around here. Have you noticed this? How many of you are old enough to remember Jason Huddleston? Yep, several of you. He's pastoring now. Um, Jamie Reed was our first kids pastor here. Um, she just retired um, from ministry after moving on. Um, uh, how many of you remember Cade Pierce as the student pastor at Bay Area just, around the ch- I mean, just down the street here? Uh, all of these things have happened. All of these folks have been launched out because of us. We're developers around here. Have you noticed this? We raise people up. We kind of, if you will, help be a part of the design function, get them sitting up straight and shove them out to the launch pad so that when God presses the button, they go. We launch into ministry. That's who God's made us. We don't need to be worried about that. We need to embrace that and say, this is what we do. Oh, 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 this is what we do. Therefore, we just embrace it and we keep doing it as God has given us to do. And, and we launch um, uh, um, what we hope to be here in the next about three years or so. Uh, we want to launch a church plant. I don't know if you've noticed or not. Northern Galveston County, doing okay. Southern Galveston County, doing okay. Mid-County, really struggling. I'm meeting with a pastor tomorrow. Hopefully, we will um, start a partnership that's looking to plant or replant a church in the Mid-County in the next three years. 
Won't that be great to be a part of as a church family? Won't that be awesome to say, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we go live. We launch as a family. And, and all of this is a team sport, right? We're sending people out and we send people to the mission field and we plant churches and we send mission, excuse me, ministers out. All of that, all of that's a team sport. And, but, but secondly, and don't miss this, we launch people. We launch as a family, but we're not launching programs. We're not launching resources. We launch people. The last probably four or five conversations I've had about ministry stuff that's happened has involved this. You would think, you would think that it would be like this. Oh, pastor so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, pastor so-and-so happened. This kind of ministry, blah, 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 blah. That's not what happened. The last four or five conversations have been about you about you involved in ministry, you caring about somebody, you sharing the gospel with somebody, you getting into places that I would never be invited into. You in conversations that nobody who who draws a paycheck from this place would ever be there for. The last conversations that I've had about ministry have been about you doing ministry. Guess what? That's how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. You are the ones who get to go out. You are the ones who get launched out into your Mondays, whatever it be, and you get to minister there, whatever that looks like. So then how, how do we go live? I'll just give you two questions to ponder, okay? Two questions to ponder. When we talk about launching into Monday and launching into ministry, how do you go live? First, uh, first question, whom are you investing in? Do you have somebody that you sit with and you have an intentional conversation with, you ask intentional questions about so that they're a better person after your conversation? Church family, as we continue to grow, as God continues to move, as we plan for church plants and all of this kind of stuff, listen to me. We're not going to need less of you connecting to those who are less mature in the faith. We're going to need more of you. We're going to need you in coffee shops or um, at lunches or having somebody over to your house or catching them on a Sunday morning and saying, hey, before we go to Sunday school, sit down for a second. Tell me about your life. How am I praying for you? We're going to need you investing in those who are behind you in the spiritual race. Not less, more. So the question would be, whom are you investing in? Second question, whom are you sharing with? Because launching into, ready to launch, has, it, it, it is a lot more than sharing the gospel, but it is not less than that. Who are you sharing with? And, and there's a couple of objections that, uh, that come up. Something like, well, I'm not sure they'll listen to what I have to say. Well, if we only share the gospel with those who will listen to what we have to say, or those who look like us, think like us, act like us already, then guess what? I'm not sure we actually believe the gospel that we say that we believe. Second objection comes like this. Um, well, I, I'm not sure I have what it takes to share with them. If you've got your story of how God has changed you from death to life, and if you've got the gospel, guess what? You've got everything that you need. You know why? Because it's not really about you. Romans 1.16 says this, and we're done. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
Why? Because it, it is the power. I don't think I have what it takes. You're right. You don't have what it takes. Do you have the gospel? Yes. Then it has what it takes. Why? It is the power of God for salvation for everyone, anyone, and, and no matter their situation, jacked up nature, whatever, for everyone who believes. To the Jew first, those who were religious, and to the Gentile or the Greek also. Those who are near to God and those who are far from God. What if you got into a conversation this week and at some point you asked this question, hey, listen, we've been sitting here talking for a while. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure, go right ahead. Tell me something. Do you consider yourself near from God or far from God? Because I have a, I have a message for those who think they are near and those who think they are far. It's the good news that Jesus has died for your sins and in your place in order to give you life. There it is right there. You've just shared the gospel with somebody. Church family, who are you investing in and who are you sharing with? Because if you've got the gospel and the story of how God has changed your life, you have everything that you need to step into somebody's world and help them get ready to launch.